Amen. So good. Man, I love this house. You all love this house? I love this house. Man, I love Jesus. Can we give can we give Jesus just a bigger hand, please? Thank you, Lord. Woo! We love you. We love you. You're good. Yes, God. All glory to you. Amen. So good. Well, hey, you all been to that new Ruston area? The new Ruston area? The, what is it called? North Point? North Point? Point Ruston? Yeah, okay. Point Ruston. They got like that movie theater where you can like get your assigned seats online. You can like choose which, and they like recline, like super huge. They're great. Um, anybody ever ran that area in Ruston? It's pretty sweet, man. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty fun. All kinds of people running. You feel like you're part of a cool group because there's a lot of runners out there. But uh, it took Zayden jogging. Um, I don't remember the last time I did that with him or maybe I did that period. But it was, it was a long time coming. So it was nice to get my, my knees were reminding me how long it's been. And so uh, and I'm like, bro, I'm only turning 29. I can't be feeling this right now, right? So just learning the maintenance. But uh, we, so we went the first part of the rust and run. It's like, I don't know five and a half miles round trip if you start at one point and go back and and so we went half route we stopped at that point rushed in ice cream social anybody oh my goodness best ice cream you will ever have and yes there is dairy free and all that stuff and so it's super good but so i figured hey why not in the middle of a jog you might as well get ice cream right and so and i was like it's for the kid okay and so we we hung it out the park a little bit and I played at a playground that was way too big for him, but we still did it. It was a blast. Put down the slide with him. Um, and then we went over, got some ice cream, and he just wanted to have it. He wanted to have it. Instead, he just wanted his, like, super healthy granola bar that I had. I'm like, I'm like, Zayden, come on, man. Like, this is your time. It's your time for ice cream. And so I tried multiple times, you know, where you, like, kind of force it on the lips, and hopefully he'll lick it, and maybe he'll notice he likes it. Anybody done that before? <laughs> but, like, he didn't want it. He just wanted his granola bar. Um, and so then we did our jog back, never jogged on a tummy full of ice cream, but I did all right. It was okay. And also because it was near nap time, and I was like, I need to hurry because I'm already running late. And the day before, we were already late for nap, so I don't care how much ice cream I ate, I need to roll. And so I was pushing that stroller, jogging down. And I, mean, I love those times uh, with my son, with Zayden. Uh, and just, man, family is just one of the most beautiful things ever. It's super sweet. Whether, whether you've had a great experience or not grown up in the past or even presently, like, there's such beauty and family that you can experience. And uh, it's really been on my heart, this whole thing, just about uh, being in unity, being in unity. And uh, usually, like, I remember I get some advice from uh, certain pastor friends or, or leaders and asking, how do, you, how do you handle multiple messages and doing multiple messages um, various times in one week and talk about finding a similar theme, and so you kind of save some time, you know, and, and that's great, and there's wisdom in that, but I find myself, especially on Sunday mornings, I always feel something special dropped on Sunday mornings that really causes me to, to uh, spend more time and go a certain direction, and so I really feel this is something the Lord really has planted in my heart for a house that I've really been mulling on, it's just this whole thing of unity, that it is a culture of the kingdom, uh, and, and, and when we say kingdom, we're talking about the place that uh, you're able to capture the reality uh, of God, the, the place of the heavenlies that has been, is being, and will fully rest on this earth. And it's the reality that we live from. It's, uh, uh, the kingdom is something you get adopted into. It's a place that you get to uh, know and understand. And it's, it's the place that you're a deputy or an enforcer of the whole heaven on earth that is establishing his reign, Jesus' reign and rule that he's already uh, uh, won. It's, it's, it's bringing that on earth and agreeing with him. 
So when we say culture of the kingdom, we're talking about the lifestyle, the atmosphere of living from the kingdom and bringing that on earth. And unity is a big part of the culture of the kingdom. Everybody say unity. I read this uh, article about this former psychologist turned into a primatologist, something like that, studies primates and animals and monkeys uh, primarily. And he did studies of these specific monkeys. They were in three different groups. And he had them in different areas. A group one of those monkeys, they were just with their peers. And so they were uh, uh, immediately stripped from their mothers and just with their peers. And then you have group two, um, which was uh, stripped from their biological mothers, but given a, a surrogate mother, right? Like a foster mother ape. And then you have the third group was these uh, baby monkeys stayed with their biological mom. And so he was checking out studies of when it comes to community or being a part of something. And what he found with the group one of the monkeys that were with their peers directly shipped from their mother, that there was something within them that was missing compared to the ones that had mom, a biological mom, or the one that filled that role in that place. Uh, he noticed, because what he did is then he sent samples of DNA and tissues to a lab, and then they tested and looked at what differences happen in each group. And what's crazy is, within the DNAs of each group, something was different uh, within the ones. There was like some, some movement and irregularities in the ones that were shipped from their mothers compared to the ones that were in unity with their mothers. And what, what this uh, uh, psychologist noticed was that the things... Outward, the outward things can really affect the inward things. And the, the relationships that we have can really affect the insides. And he, he went on to notice that there were the, the ones who were shipped from their mothers and just grew up with peers, they began to act really strange. They, and when he brought them all together in, in a, a, um, like a, a big open area, the ones that just grew up with the peers without a mom, they almost hid in a corner. And we're hanging on each other and acting a little spasmatic and very odd and awkward. And he began to discover that there is something about being disconnected, disconnected to, to a, a family that really affects the psyche. And then he even goes on to notice uh, different things like uh, um, ADHD and all these different things. He was noticing in, in study and conversations with other doctors that there seems to be something related to when there's a relational mishap happening, that something inward is like dying, is missing. I thought this was fascinating. I was like, how fascinating is that, that the outward things really do affect the inward? And so this is why it meant unity is extremely, extremely important. I'm on a uh, I'm on a a adult rec soccer league, beginner league. You know what I'm saying? It's good. It's good. And and we we've had uh, I think our first season we lost like all games were like oh and one million or something. And uh, but man, we were just like yeah, beginners. This is fun. And so we we've, we've had a few seasons. A few of us from the church here on the team. It's funny you'll notice with sports and such that. Uh, you have a team, you can tell when a team is pretty unified 
You could tell when a team is not, especially in soccer. I'm learning this game. But uh, you really uh, not only need to know what you're doing, but you also need to know how to work with other people. And, and many times it may require actually verbally saying something, right, instead of hoping they read your mind. Uh, um, I mean, obviously experts can tell what each other's doing, but especially when it comes to beginners, we need to talk it out. We need to talk it through sometimes. And uh, what's funny is, as we spent more time on this team together, not only did we uh, get a little better and actually learn how to kick the ball and run with the ball and all that jazz, but we began to uh, really be unified in understanding how each other runs and operates and how to pass the ball, etc. And then we'll find we're against teams who probably shouldn't be part of the beginner league. They're like, oh, come on, man. Like, you are not a beginner, okay? You, you, need, you need to take risks and challenge and stop babying yourself. So anyways... So we're against, these te- we're against these teams where I'm like, I thought this was a beginner league, man. And we notice that their skills may be at a higher level than ours as a whole. But what's interesting is, sure, maybe we've been creamed a few times by ones who just uh, got it down. But I've noticed there have been certain games where this team looks extremely skillful. You know, they look all scary on the field as they're getting ready in practice and all that jazz. But once we get on the field, I begin to notice that something has happened with our team as we've unified where we're starting to actually be a challenge for other teams. And not only that, but I've noticed teams that, that um, you can look at them and say they probably should have beat us, uh, we ended up beating them. Or we've had very close games. And I found it very interesting that uh, when there's unity in a group, it actually does something. It actually, and it's actually sometimes more powerful than an individual skill. You know, If you've got a bunch of individuals doing really well, but they're not working together... But you got, uh, uh, I mean, we got great people on my team, but I'm just, you know, for the sake of sympathy. When you got a group of people that are just kind of lacking some skill, you know what I mean, which is including me, uh, but when we're together, it was almost as if it was stronger and brought success more than a group that was disunified but skilled individually. And so I've been thinking about this saying unity and about our church. You know what the thing is? New Horizon is really growing in unity. Uh, I remember pastors, the staff and I, we are... Right now, we're in this moment where, I don't know if dumbfounded is the right word, but we are just so humbled and and just amazed and blessed at seeing what's happening in this house. So there is something happening where where there's this unity happening at New Horizon. Uh, I've been here about seven years, and and this church is just a little over 25 years old, right? And so only a little part of the time of the church, but uh, even in my time, I've noticed something has happened. And even those who've been here for a while, they're saying something is happening. So I'm not just speaking on something that needs to happen, but I'm also speaking on something that actually is happening, that we're noticing it. New Horizons really getting united. Something amazing is happening. And what's cool is it's not just in our church. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of unity happening in the world. There's a lot of unity happening in our nation. Now, yes, I know there's a lot of disunity happening too. But when I, start, when I start hearing the word acknowledged in scriptures recited and read um, in whether it's congressional meetings or, 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 uh, uh, or whether the White House or the president or somebody says things from the word uh, uh, and not necessarily concerned about their heart and where they are at with the Lord, but hearing that the word is being acknowledged, even the smallest thing, you can look, wait a second, there's some kind of unity happening where, where the word is being brought back being brought back to our nation. Something is happening. Unity. Father, we just welcome you this morning. We welcome you to just release the spirit of unity in a greater level, a greater measure. God, we rejoice in what you're doing. 
New Horizon is a people that is united. You are bringing uh, uh, people from various backgrounds and areas together and, and exemplifying what your kingdom is. And so we shout unity. We shout unity on New Horizon. We shout unity on our families. We shout unity on our workplaces. We shout unity on our children. We shout unity on our country, peoples of the kingdom. We shout unity in government, that there would be justice that is married with your word. God, we shout unity in the marketplace and business, that there would be leaders that would rise up being unified with you. We shout unity in the arts and entertainment and media. God, that there would be a voice of unity instead of disunity. God, that there would be ones who desire to hear what is happening that is bringing people together. We shout unity, unity, unity. Amen. It's all good. All right, that's it. Have a good morning. Unity. So good, man. You know, there's a lot, there's been a lot of shootings happening, right, in the past decade or so. Uh, mass shootings, school shootings, and I, saw, I started researching a little bit on the backgrounds of these different shooters and, 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 and what their life was like um, pre this event or family situation, even more so. And a few, a few researchers have compiled together, um, there's been a lot of disconnect when it comes to the fathers, and that uh, actually majority confidently majority of uh, especially ones within schools shooters have had a disconnect of a present father in their home whether never met the father divorced father passed what have you and even um, the the world of psychology and science and medicine is noticing uh, that when we miss a father when families are disunified something happens Something happens that we don't necessarily want. And uh, there, there, was, there was one uh, uh, professor, a university professor that mentioned, hey, yeah, we got all these horrible things happening. And, um, he's, and he said, yeah, you can blame video games. You can, you can blame uh, uh, the gun law and control. You can, you can bl- blame movies, all these different things. But he recognized and said, but if you take care of the father issue, I'm sure everything will be just a little bit better. You see, the world is recognizing that disunifying families is not the answer. And also allowing us to define what kind of unity should be present in a family um, doesn't really work either. Recognizing that we actually need a standard, a standard for unity, a standard for unity in the family. Here's a few uh, statistics for you. Over 27% of children in America grew up in a home without the physical presence of a father. More than 20 million people. You take one city like Maryland, uh, Baltimore, Maryland, 70% of children have no father in that city. National Center for Fathering says, if fatherless was a disease, it would be an epidemic. It would be worth the attention as a national emergency. Children grow up without a father four times likely to be poor, Nine times likely to drop out of school. Eleven times more likely to commit a violent crime. Deal with absent fathers and the, and the rest follows, is what Vincent DeMario says, this researcher. I want to open up to, to the story of the Tower of Babel, Genesis chapter 11. And many of you might know this story. A, 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 a story that is, is commonly Used when talking about people coming together, but there's an interesting thing the Lord has shown me that I've never, never read or seen. So, chapter 11, verse 4, 
Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower, with a top in the heavens, and let us make for ourselves a name. Otherwise, we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have one language, and this is the only beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because here the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. You see, when I read this, I was recognizing God is all about unity. He's all about unity. He rejoices in unity. He fought for unity. He established us in unity. And so it would, it would not make sense for me to look at this story and say, God was obviously threatened by these people being unified. You know what I recognize is the earth is meant to be full of his sons and daughters. God wants the whole earth, the whole surface, the whole earth to be covered with his sons and daughters in the kingdom. And so when he has his people, yeah, unified and doing well, but staying in one place, there's so much more ground to take on the earth. There's so much more places he wants to release his kingdom and his sons and daughters to be a part of. So what I recognize here is that the Lord recognized and acknowledged the power of unity where he even said they could do anything and nothing would be impossible for them. See, God, the creator of everything, just said when humans, sons and daughters, to, to have something done, sorry, it's impossible to not have anything done that they want to be done. With amazing, perfect, complete unity, anything can be done. I don't know about you, but I like to take this not only for my life, but for our house. You see, if such unity is established that anything could be done, that God is saying anything could be done with this unity, wow. I don't know about you, but we got some plans here at New Horizon. And I'm sure you got some plans for your family and for your workplace. Just imagine having this unity where God recognizes nothing's impossible for those people. Nothing. As a matter of fact, I can't even let them contain themselves in one place. They're so unified. What is unity? Let's talk about this for a minute. Merriam-Webster, help us out. A quality or state of not being multiple. The state of being one. The collection of multiple things coming together to be one system. So unity is no choice but one. It's not multiple, but it's one. Words that are similar to unity are like coherence, balance, symphony, orchestra. Things that move together, melody, harmony. The thing, with, the thing with unity is, and I love that unity is in community, that word, community, right? But I was recognizing, man, community is not just a place we're at. So, for example, here at the church, it's not just a place where you just come and you're just, you're here, right? It's not just a place you visit, okay? That's like a, I don't know, an event, right, or whatever. But community uh, actually involves and requires, and when you look at the root in the definition of community, even just in the old English, it required and involved a unified look, a unified purpose, a unified meaning. So community is not just a, yeah, I have a community, I, I, you know, I've been there, here, there, every week. But community is actually something unified, something happening, people coming together. So community without unity is just like a commune, because a commune is a place where you just go. But community 
is a place where people are together and joined and involved. Everybody say unity. Help us, Lord. Let's look at the story of unity, okay? From the beginning, you have Genesis 1.27. God, three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're like, hey, let's make someone like us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let's make someone just like us. Let's create them in our image. Yeah. And our likeness. Let's do it. I'm just going to go hover over the waters because I like doing that. Okay, good. See, let's just make someone like us in our image and likeness. You see, God is a unified being. The whole triune three but one, he is a unified being. And so unity is before even time. Unity always existed before even creation. Unity is who God is. He is the essence of unity. And so when we seek and desire unity, it comes from the one who's created all things because he is the epitome of unity. He is unity. And so they made, right, mankind in their image and likeness. So to be unified, obviously I want you to look like me. Okay, as my son Zayden was born, he bears my image, my wife's image. He looks like us. He gets my last name. He gets to be part of what we do, and we will show him how we live. And that is unity, involving someone in your fellowship. God has involved humanity in his fellowship. That is perfect unity. Now, unity got disrupted right at the fall, because right when Adam and Eve, right when they heard the deceiver, the liar, who became disunified with his God whom he was unified with, because then he sought out his own desires, right? Because, and so Satan says, did God really say that, right? And so we have a voice that's just disunified from God, speaking to someone that is unified with God, convincing them that unity with God isn't really what you need. And so they chose, humanity chose, Adam and Eve chose to listen to a voice that is disunified with God. I want to really caution you to not let words of people that are disunified with God lead your life. Right? I want to caution you, whatever stories and things out there that are disunified with God, to not let them lead your life. But to listen to a voice that is unified with God. And so they, they chose to agree with a voice of disunity. The minute they agreed with a voice of disunity, they became disunified. The minute I agree with something that is disunified with God, leads me to be disunified with God. You see, word is something we follow. Word is something we capture and we savor. So when I dismiss the word of God and take somebody else's word, a disunified word, separation happens. And so then ultimately, just imagine, right? I know we talk about this a lot, but I just can't get over it. Just imagine God, the creator of humans, seeing the ones that he was unified with. He created them like him, brought them in unity. Watching them disunify themselves. And unify themselves with the one who disunified himself with him prior. Just watching Somebody rob the unity and relationship he had with those. I can't, I can't imagine, but God, God didn't think too long. Father, Son, Holy Spirit did not think too long of what needs to be done. They just wanted unity. They wanted unity with the sons and daughters of them. They wanted unity with their children, the one made like them. 
You can see, the, one made, the ones made in the image and likeness of God, it didn't fit them to try to be like the one who was the deceiver and the liar. You see, when you find yourself living in disunity from God, you will find it's not really fitting for you. This is why people are not pleased with things other than God in the end. This is why, in the end, alcohol does not fully please you in the end. When it's abused, this is why, when there's reliance on alcohol, it doesn't please you. Partway through our jog, we did a few bathroom breaks, diaper changes, all that stuff, you know. And so we went, I went in the bathroom. This was when my tummy was full of ice cream on our way back home. So we went, went in the bathroom, and I heard somebody in the only, only stall in there uh, um, throwing up. This was like, I don't know, 10.30, oh, no, no, like 11.30 a.m. on a Saturday. Heard them throwing up in the stall. And then all of a sudden, I started smelling something that smelled like alcohol. Okay? And, you know, you can kind of picture what you think. And uh, then all of a sudden, it just, I just sensed in my spirit that uh, this is a possible hangover. This is, uh, this is somebody's hurting. And so I was so inclined to just say something. Obviously, they can't go anywhere because they're in the stall, not feeling well in the toilet, right? <clears throat> Got my son in the stroller. I'm standing there. <laughs> and I just wanted to say something, to leave them something. So I said, I said, because uh, brother is a good way to start, right? I was like, brother? <laughs> right? Guys don't really talk a lot in stalls with each other. So, you know, we're kind of working on this unity thing so that the ladies have. So, so I was like, brother? I just went away. <laughs> I waited for like 10 seconds like to see if he'd say anything. I didn't hear anything. I was like, okay. <laughs> but I, even I was, I, was, I, was, I was jogging away, I was confident that I did something. Because, man, you just plant an idea, a phrase. You just pr- plant a subtle little thing of truth of that unity is at hand. Just when we say the kingdom is at hand, what we're really saying is unity is at hand. You can be unified now. You can be unified with God right now. Your family can be unified right now. Everything is at hand. I, I, I um, got prayer this morning, Alan, which is blessing me, and immediately the Lord spoke to me and was saying, uh, you're, you're fully unified with me. And all of a sudden it hit me, and I was just in tears. Oh my gosh. I have full unity with God right now, already. There's nothing I have to do. I already have it. You already have full unity with God. So just right now, just let the idea that you're working on it, you better get a little better. You better, you better read a little, more of, uh, uh, a little more of Corinthians or something, whatever that book's about. You better read something. You better find something about unity. You better memorize some unity verses. You better, you better uh, uh, you know, just this whole idea of earning unity. But all of a sudden I recognize I've already been unified. Not only am I made in his image and likeness, but the Father has already unified me with him. So you can actually sit here, and it doesn't even matter what I say the rest of the morning. You're already unified. You're already unified with him. Thank you, Father. Let's read, let's read what uh, Jesus said here, uh, because Jesus restored this unity. And, let, and let's see what he said in John 17, verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone, Jesus says. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. 
I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me, so that they may be, may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory and the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and know that you have sent me. Verse 26, I have made you known to them and will make it known so that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. We hear the very cry and purpose of Jesus on the earth to the Father right here, that they may have complete unity with me, that they may have complete unity with you, that they may have complete unity with us. God desires complete, perfect unity, and he took care of it. You get full unity. Here's the thing. The thing with unity, yeah, our church needs to be unified, but if, if Chris Chima is not choosing to be in unity with the Father, that affects everyone else. So get this. Your unity or disunity with God affects the body. We affect each other. Every decision we make, and this is what I constantly uh, am encouraging a young person, is every decision you make right now affects everybody around you and who you'll be around in your future, and your future spouse. Everything. So my pursuit of Jesus is not just for me. It's for my son, Zayden. It's for my wife, Brianna. It's for New Horizons, for Tribe. My pursuit is actually to bless the, the one that brings people in unity with him. Something's missing. Unity. Unity. You see, unity is exactly what eternity is. Eternity is all about unity. As heaven rests on the earth, Father will be with us and we will be unified with him forever. We will be with him. It is all about being with him. It is all about being with him in unity with him. Eternity is about unity. Hell, the other real place. Separation, disunified from God forever. Unified with the other rebellious ones and the ultimate rebel, Satan. See, eternity is about unity. Right now is about unity. God's all about unity. He is unity. That's why it's the culture of his kingdom, because the king is one he unifies. So how do we live in this unity? Okay, we got all kinds of relationships in our lives. So we recognize the first relationship that is necessary for me to be in unity, or really be someone who helps unify people, is to be in unity with God. And so if I, as a father, am not seeking him just for me and him, just because I adore him, if I'm not in the word just for him, not because I'm preaching a sermon or whatever, right? But if I'm not just unifying myself with God because, then why, why, why would I expect my wife to do that if I'm not modeling it, right? Why would I expect my son to do it if I'm not modeling it? Why would I expect you all to do it if I'm not modeling it? Why would I even say this? Or even to young people, why? You see, if I am not constantly unifying myself with the Father, and here's the thing, you may feel distant at times. You may feel like, man, I haven't really been connecting with the Lord. Well, you have full unity with Him, so you got full access, so reconnect. That's it. That's it, just reconnect. Man, I'm kind of feeling separate, separate right now. Connect right now. You have full unity with God. 
It's not like something you got to like, okay, I got to do some moves and, uh, okay. You know, like, you don't need to work the unity. You don't need to work the unity. It's not some, some chant and such. It is a reality you get. It's, a, it's your relationship with God. You get full unity. You just say yes. You just say yes. And then we got unity with other people. Okay, we got, got family. Here's the thing. We, we recognize when families are disunified, violence, torment, hatred happens. See, Satan hates family. This is why Pastor Joel is so passionate about family. This is why she's willing to meet with me and Brian or any other couple to help in fighting for unity, to keep unity. See, the thing about marriage, the thing about me and Brianna, it's not so that we're just working to not divorce. We're working to establish unity. It's like the relationship with God. You're not working to leave him. I don't want to leave you. I'm really working hard not to leave God. I'm just like, oh, you know. It's like, no, you're not doing that. What you do is you work hard. No, what you do is you just be unified. You just be unified with God. That's it. So, let's say like a student here, that's, you recognize there's a lot of crazy other people and the, how they say things, the jokes, whatever. And I hear from students all the time, I just hate my school. I do not want to go there. It's horrible. Let me just do this online school thing. Forget this. Okay, I hate being around these people. I hate what's going on. It's like disunity is so rampant. And it's discouraging. It can be discouraging for a young person that feels like, am I the only one? that doesn't want to disunify. But something needs to shift where my unity with God empowers me to see unity as a possibility. Even a smallest glimpse in my school. Or even in your family. If there's, if there's a disunity going on right now in your family, it can be unified. The first thing is get back to being unified with the Father. Focus on being unified with Him And then out of that unity and relationship, allow yourself to be led to unify your marriage, to unify relationship with your kids, relationship with your boss and your coworkers. Allow your unity with the Father to help everything else. Unity. See, a unified church is a bunch of individuals unifying themselves with Jesus. That's what a unified church is. That's what a unified group is. You see... I love, I love what Lou Engle says, to heal a divided nation is a united church. And then even go further, I guess, to heal a divided church is united families, right? To heal any division is people unified together. She said again, say unity. I'll invite the band up here and we'll wrap up. See, the Bible goes on and on. First Corinthians, you have for many parts, one body, you're the toe, you're the pinky, you're the earlobe, what have you. It's like, but without each other, you're not a body. You're just, you're a body with a missing piece, right? It is abnormal for somebody to be missing a body part. It's abnormal because the body's designed to be whole and complete. That is God's will. That is what, what God designed the body to be, whole and complete. And so when he says, we are a body, the church, the people of God is a body, the whole big C church in the world is a body, when someone is missing, or someone is sick, or someone is hurt, and not just physically, even spiritually, something's happening, it affects everybody. It affects everybody. 
You see, everything we do actually affects each other. You get to affect New Horizon all the time. You get to influence New Horizon all the time in your home. Every sphere that you're in, you get to influence by the level of your unity with God or not. But remember, you get full unity with God right now. Unity. Hmm. Psalm 133, you all heard this, how good and pleasant it is when God's people, brothers and sisters, dwell together in unity. It is on the collar of his robe. It's as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. We see there's a commanded blessing here. We see that God blesses unity. And so if you want breakthrough and your family, get unified. Focus on being unified. And remember, start with being unified with the Father who already unified you with Him. You want breakthrough. You want blessings from the Lord. Be unified. It is hard to see and listen to someone who is disunified with the church, but yet is wanting blessing. Right? If I'm unified with God, then I would love what He loves. Giving money, tithing to God, is because I'm in unity. It's because I'm unified with Him. If I'm not giving him my money, and yet I say I'm for him, why don't I provide for his kingdom, right? If I'm not, I don't know, serving or involved in the house, if I'm not taking care of the needs of his bride, the church, but yeah, I say I'm in unity with him, something's missing. Remember, if somebody likes me and hates my wife, that's weird. Because something's missing. If you're in unity with me, you love everything that I have, the relationships, my son, my wife. Unity is loving what the other person loves. Unity. Let's all stand. You see, there's a lot of killers of unity, unresolved conflict. dishonor, disrespect, distance, pride. It's really easy to be disunified. But it's also pretty easy to be unified. Being for others, honoring others, lifting others up. You know when God says, you say you love your, bro- you say you love your brother, but uh, you don't love me. God, God's on this whole thing about if, if I don't love him, It's hard for me to love somebody else. And if I love him and hate somebody else, I don't really love him. You see, unity with God affects every single relationship. You have groups of people making headlines, making news, making amazing slogans and statements and are in unity. And there's something healing about a group of people coming together unified. But when that group of people is unified together but disunified with God, it lacks power. And it lacks truth. You see, to experience healing in power, a group of people need to be unified with you as an individual need to be unified with God. Your family needs to be unified with God. If we really want New Horizon to be a unified place, it's time for the men in the house to choose to pursue God, to be unified with Him. We say we want to lead, but yet we're not being led, right? For wives to rise up and to be unified with God. For children to rise up and be unified with God. Father, we love you. 
We welcome the spirit of unity to rest on this place right now. Thank you, Lord. If you haven't given your heart to Jesus, if you haven't chosen to unify yourself with the one who's offered full unity, recognizing there's nothing you have to do to get close to him, he's already provided the way and the access, you just got to say yes to him, yes to unity, yes to closeness with him. So if you want to give your heart to Jesus this morning, go ahead and lift your hand up. We'll invite you to be unified with the Father. I see you, Marcus. There we go. Life-changing decision, my man. Come on, keep that hand up. If you want to be reunited, reunited with the Father, you felt like, hey, I have been a little disunified. I have been a little lazy in my pursuit. I've been there. Anybody else? I have been, I have been feeling separate. I've, I've been there. But I want a rekindling. I want to be reunified with the Father. You see, you're a delegate of heaven, an answer of the kingdom, and you are one who brings unity to people, but it's hard to unify people. It's hard to unify the world when I'm disunified with my Father. So if you want to, if you just want to get disunified with the Father, whatever measure it is, go and lift your hand up. And we'll just respond right now. This doesn't mean you're horrible. This means you're hungry. All right, hands down. Let's all say this. Father, you have fully unified me with you. I accept what you have done through your son perfect than what you did brought me to the Father. Your death, your resurrection was the perfection of unity. I receive your love in my heart. I receive your salvation. I receive your Holy Ghost upon me right now to empower me and to lead me. Amen. Alright, now let's take this last minute. Let's all lift our hands in the air and I want us to start just shouting unity over whatever area of life you want to shout unity over. Come on, families need to be unified. We declare unity on the families of this house. May your family experience healing and restoration. Broken marriages restored. Sins in the dark revealed and healing be brought. Broken relationships with children be restored. Sons and daughters would come back to you. And your heart would be turned back to them. The church would be a desired place. The church would not be seen as a divisive place. The church would be would be a, the available place. The church would be the attractive place to the world where they recognize this is where unity is. Unity rests in the house of the Lord. Like dew on Mount Hermon on Mount Zion. Unity is in the house of the Lord. We shout unity on America. We shout unity on the White House. There would be a people unified. Political parties would be unified. People with different skin colors would be unified. Law enforcement and those who aren't would be unified. There would be a unity happening. God shout unity. We shout unity is reigning. That means unity is moving. Thank you, Lord. Come on, y'all want to be unified? I want to be unified. Come on, New Horizon, we're going somewhere. We got big plans. Some of you have been hanging on for a long time of what's going to happen. Unity. Something is happening. 
People are getting involved. You guys are caring about the young generation and serving them. People who aren't here because they're back there. You guys are unifying. It's beautiful. And there's a blessing the Lord promises. And we're experiencing it. Come on, can we give Jesus a big shout? Yes, Lord!